Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rail Group On Air, presented by Railway Age and Railway Track and Structures magazines and International Railway Journal. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the editor-in-chief of RTNS Magazine, and welcome to another podcast. This is Rail Group On Air. It looked like a beautiful, gigantic offering from the railroad gods. On a clear and sunny day in mid-September, barges floated out a new section of the Merchant's Bridge in St. Louis. Then cranes lifted the 9 million pound segment slowly into place. It was truly ceremonial. It marked the first of three mammoth sections that will be connected to form the new Merchant's Bridge, which is perhaps the most critical rail span crossing the Mississippi River. Crews used a 10-day track outage to connect the piece and lay the track. During each outage, a section of the old bridge, which was built in 1890, will be removed in preparation for a fresh piece. The new bridge will be double-tracked, which will increase capacity and result in fewer delays. Workers also will be seismic retrofitting the piers of the existing bridge, and the project is expected to be complete by 2023. The Merchants Bridge project also was on the 2021 RTNS Top Projects list, and I had the chance to talk to Eric Fields, who is the Chief Engineer for the Terminal Railroad Association of St. Louis, about the recent milestone and other challenges moving forward at the job site. Let's talk about the Merchants Bridge in general, the importance of it. Uh, it's a very old bridge, um, but obviously holds a very crucial line there. So you want to just talk about the importance of this bridge? Yeah, so uh, if you look at the nationwide freight network, uh, river crossings across the Mississippi River, uh, St. Louis is overall the uh, highest frequency crossing location in the country. Uh, And it's split between two bridges, the Merchants and MacArthur Bridges. Uh, The Merchants Bridge was built in, originally built in 1890, and it's uh, it's, I believe, the oldest bridge on the Mississippi River for freight. Um, and it was, you know, built with 12-foot track centers and uh, 30 KSI steel. And, um, you know, it was just not able to uh, project very far into the future uh, with today's current, you know, uh, load requirements with uh, 315K axle loads and short 286 uh K car loadings, um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of freight that crosses the Merchants Bridge. Uh, I believe it's estimated about 50, up to 50 million gross tons a year currently, and uh, I think that's going to increase in the future uh, as freight growth uh, increases across the country. So is it, is it surprising to see a, a bridge like this last as long as it has before being replaced? It's it's a really, as you said, it's a really old bridge. Um, yeah, and it's, it, it was well constructed. Uh, I, I call it the uh, second generation of trust steel bridges. Uh, steel bridges at by the time of 1890 were around for uh, you know a couple decades, so they were the uh, techniques were improving. And uh, uh, George Morrison, who's 
the uh, engineer on on this bridge was was an amazing engineer. He's got a lot of bridges all over the country that are still in service. Um, and you know, he he built and designed a great great structure, but uh, it it lasted 100, 100, 130 years. But uh, like I said, uh, the the load ratings at the time, you know, uh, when he designed it, I I don't know if they could foresee that they would get as as heavy as they are now, and uh, you know, six axle locomotives at 420,000 pounds and uh, 315,000 kip rolling stock. Um, yeah, the the uh, limitations of the uh, of the uh, construction era were are really we're at we're at we're at the limit there. You guys achieved a, a milestone recently when you uh, lifted up the first new section in place. You want to talk about that day and, and how that, that all worked and and obviously it, it looked like it went very smoothly, so talk about that day. Yeah, so there was a lot of planning that went into uh into that uh event. We 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 had hour by hour uh timeline um and distance so the uh a lot of great engineering performed on all sides uh, on the lift. Um you know, you had to you had to have some good conditions uh, to make that successful, and we've got to actually replicate that two more times. So I hope hope we can are able to do that. But you have to have a uh, uh, river uh, levels. Uh, the current of the river has to be. Uh, I think the engineer set set the the gauge at uh, 18 foot here in in St. Louis um, based on the current, and then you also have to have wind levels. Uh, there's a wind limit on that lift of about 20, 20 miles an hour. So uh, everything, uh, and, and you got to be able to predict um, those conditions, you know, three, four days in advance, which is a challenge like on the wind side. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to predict the wind three, four days out. So, so when we lifted that first, when we lifted the original truss out, you know, that's it. You're out of you're out of service. Uh, the train network is is shut down, and you're you're really at the mercy of uh, uh, our forecasting and risk management to try to make sure we get back in service. Uh, and that that lift on that that day was uh was executed very well. Um, and the engineering, you know, with factors of safety and uh, uh, the capacity of the uh, the gantries that were were installed and uh, all the uh, all the systems, uh, all the backups, all the spare parts, all the contingency plans. Uh, it it worked well, and we were able to uh, put that bridge back in service after uh, seven and a half days when uh, we had an allowance for ten days. What do you think was the biggest challenge of putting that section in place? Well, you know, working around a, a, a live railroad. Um, we we have we have fixed outages uh during during every workday um for, for all the crane lifting but they were able to, to to do other uh other work uh you know to get the existing truss ready for a lift that that truss was not built for for being lifted out in that manner so they had to do a lot of engineering to strengthen uh the upper cords and uh, the bottom cords at the lift point and, um and get get that ready for for removal uh the biggest challenge uh 
I, I, I think the biggest challenge is dealing with the, with, with the wind and the river. Um, we seem to, uh, we seem to hit it okay though. So, uh, but yeah, if we get challenged with high winds on a future lift, it, it, it could delay things. So talk about that process of strengthening the existing bridge uh, so it can get ready to, uh, I believe what you said was remove that section. Can you talk about the strengthening process? Yeah, so uh, the the original bridge was was uh, has many repairs over many years. Um, it's not real symmetrical, and uh, when you know you got an off a center of gravity that's not quite uh, in the middle of the bridge, um, so you're going to have unequal loads uh, on each of the the, the pick points, and um, and the other thing is you got to make sure that the steel you're attaching to won't will not will not buckle. Um, so so uh, the Walsh construction team and the engineering team put together a uh, lift plan that strengthened those uh, those portal uh, cords um, and then tied them into the bottom uh, bottom cords I bars and basically jacketed with a lot of steel and a lot of connections, um, which was a concern. Uh, you know, you, you start doing a lot of modifications on a, on a structure that old, uh, but they, 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 they performed it in a very well, no matter the ironworkers did a great job. Um, the engineers put a, put a great plan together and the lift, lift was executed very well. So, um, yeah, but strengthening those areas, uh, for the lift, for the unequal loads, uneven loads, um, was was a critical critical part of that. So I believe you're also seismic retrofitting the existing piers. Do you want to talk about how that's going to work? Yeah. So uh, the existing piers are uh, of granite stone uh, on a timber caisson that sits uh, on the bedrock of the the river there in St. Louis, um, they'd use the pneumatic, uh, caisson process where they, you know, use pressurized air and then, uh, workers, uh, pumped out the sand as they got to the bottom of the, uh, the caisson. But we are sitting on a timber caisson with our existing piers, very high quality granite stone, uh, top, uh, in the upper reaches with, uh, with a high quality limestone. Uh, but it's, uh, it doesn't meet any factor of, uh, of seismic performance. So early on in the, in the structure, we decided and we defined the, uh, seismic performance level, uh, which, which is, uh, the REMA seismic level two here in St. Louis. Um, and that required us to tie all those stones together, uh, with, with a reinforced concrete, uh, encasement, um, and then we dialed in all the the granite and limestones, uh, so everything will be working together. Uh, the footing will also we we uh, drilled uh, micropile uh, 30 feet into the the bedrock um, for that that, that uplift uh, load, and and of course new 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 bearings that uh, would allow the structure to absorb uh, those seismic loads and uh, and be able to. 
put back in service in a reasonable amount of time after a, a major seismic event. So when do you think it's going to be ready for the second section to be looking into place? When's that scheduled? Uh, right now we're targeting uh, March of uh, next year, um, 2022, and then the uh, the next trust we're expecting to have in place uh, in the fourth quarter of 2022. So, What goes on between now and then? Uh, so they've got three of the four piers pretty substantially, I would say, substantially completed. They're working on uh, one of the other piers, uh, Pier 3, which is on the Missouri Missouri River Pier. Um, they're doing the uh, – they, they just got done pouring the footing, um, which encases the uh, micro pile. Um, and then they're doweling up the stones. you got to put a dowel in each stone, so that's quite a quite an effort. And that, that, that rock is, is really tough. Uh, they really grind through a bunch of uh, drill bits doing that. Uh, but, and then they'll, they'll put the reinforcing around it. They'll put the, the concrete around it. Um, and right now, uh, the first truss has been, is in place. So they're using their truss assembly area on the Missouri Riverbank, uh, and they'll start delivering, uh, the next truss, uh, pieces, which are, are getting trucked down from, uh, Veritas Steel in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And then they'll, they'll start assembling that on barges. Um, and they expect to, to have a, uh, uh you know, productivity uh, increase due to a learning curve on it. So it uh, should, should be a shorter turnaround than the first one. So when the project is over, I believe you're also uh, increasing uh, capacity to this bridge as well. You want to just talk about um, when all is said and done, uh, how this new bridge is, is going to perform. Yeah, so we'll, we'll this will always be a, a current, Arima standard uh, bridge uh, that should project well well above 100 years into the future. Um, as uh, it'll have uh, side clearances uh, that that are that equal or exceed nine feet. Uh, track center is a 15 foot, so uh, you know uh, the dimensional loads uh, are going to are not going to be restricted um, whatsoever. We're going to have a you know 23 foot. Uh, clearance on the vertical um, and our load rating uh, is, is, is a Cooper E80 for both tracks um, so uh, you know 315k axle loading on both running on both tracks at the same time will not not be an issue I, I can tell you after uh, standing on the, the new truss that was installed there's it is a very stiff uh, Structure. It's, it's 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 very little deflection compared to uh, the other trusses. So it's uh and and it makes sense. It's it's almost uh it's almost two and a half times the uh, the, the structure weight of the uh, the other bridge. So or the old, the old truss. But it, it's quite a magnificent uh, truss view. It always amazes me how so many things have to go right during these engineering marvels and some of the elements you have absolutely no control over and yet 
everything is accomplished smoothly, efficiently, and without any error. So that's a credit to all the engineers out there. I would like to thank Eric Fields for joining me for this interview. On behalf of Rail Group On Air, I'm Bill Wilson, and I will see you down the line.